Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Brees Hall's ready to become RB number one. Brees Hall is hungry. And he's sending out tweets on this little emergency live stream. He sent this out uh, a little over an hour hour and a half ago, and I thought it was warranted to come in here as we go live when news breaks, as we go live when significant news hits news wires, we go live when players talk about things on social media that kickstart conversations that need to be had, and this right here, I can't think of a, a, a better thing to go live on, because we're talking about Brees Hall, we're talking about Kyron Williams, we're talking about Christian McCaffrey. We're talking about Jameer Gibbs. We're talking about the top four running backs. And when Brees Hall, probably the show's favorite player, him and Jameer Gibbs, I, how do I pick? How do I pick who my favorite player is? I, I, guess, I guess it's kind of a three-way tie right now. But this is clearly the one of the cornerstones of this, this content, one of the cornerstones of this channel. Been on the Moon Man list for three straight years in a row. The Moon Man or Mars Man list. He's been the reason we do the Space Men and the Space Monsters. Brees Hall is telling you in a tweet. Telling you all now. 2024, I will be a top running back. I will be a Pro Bowl. Uh, in the Pro Bowl, I will be an All-Pro. And it will continue years after that. The Fantasy Football Show. Brees Hall may be running back one in 2024. Emergency live stream begins right now. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Smitty is also live whenever news breaks. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. We got a little bit of a uh, uh, board, uh, soundboard, and uh, switchboard problem, but we're restarting that. Um, I wouldn't be here doing this live stream if I didn't think this was important enough to come in here and say, "Look, you know, when a player talks about them being the kind of player we all project them to be, and we're debating." The top four running backs right now. We're talking about who's number one. You're getting ready for 2024. I don't care how early early out we are. Some some uh, way too worried Williams come into the chat. At least one or two every 
I'd say 48 hours will come in either in an Instagram message or on YouTube and say something along the lines of some most ridiculous thing I could ever even imagine saying to somebody is, why are we talking about this now? It's too early for fantasy football. Why are we here talking 2024? 2023 just ended. I'm a worried William. I'm a pencil pushing Peter. And I can't understand why we're talking about 2024 because some of us live this some of us live in and breathe it and, and sleep it we don't we don't even sleep we just sit here with one one eye open staring at the the trade offers coming through staring at our our inbox wondering if someone's inviting us to a new dynasty startup and all we're thinking about is where to take this man Brees hall and he apparently thinks he's going to be a top maybe i mean the way i take this one to three Little does he know he's there anyway. When he's telling you or I this, we already know this information. Um, and if I get a chance to have him on my show, which I am very, very much, I've got that laser lock uh, situation underway. So hang tight. Brees Hall is going to hear from us that he's eight foot tall. He's going to be shocked when we tell him he's eight feet tall and this is a low expectation for me i would have told him hey before this expires you can edit it for an hour change this i will be a top running back to i will be the top running back the because if this man if this saturn man can do what he did coming off an acl tear his first year do what he did coming off an acl his first year back with no quarterback situation doing what he did coming off an ACL tear with this quarterback situation with an offensive court why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with Royal Caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America you don't just go for a road trip you ATV and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply coordinator or really a dead offensive coordinator uh an absolute travesty of an offensive coordinator mixed with no quarterback mixed with the only quarterback he's ever been good with offensive coordinator mixed with Robert Salah that doesn't know how to go and get a good quarterback or make good offensive decisions when Aaron Rodgers is there to command everything given this man started off so slow got unleashed very slowly like bring in Dalvin Cook. Let's let's muddy the waters up. Let's take our sweet time getting Brees Hall fully unlocked, which they did. And in some ways, it was smart to bring him along slowly. But in this crappy situation with no quarterback, bad offensive coordinator, defense getting tired all the time because they're on the field, horrible play calls, horrible field position, horrible game script, not even fully a hundred percent. And he he finished his running back four. 
running back four. Am I missing something? Am I? I mean, I don't. I don't. I won't get mad. Do I look like an idiot right now? Like, am I missing something? How is this even like bold at all anymore? You know, the only thing I would say is that no matter what we say, hey, Brees Hall is going to be top one to five overall. Hey, Brees, there's always a handful of people, even in the last video. I got news for you, somebody said. And I respect the guy coming in and speaking his mind, and I'm not trying to hate on the comment, but it's like, hey, I've got news for you. You should investigate how you know running quarterbacks when they're 40, how that turns out. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to stay healthy. You might want to look into that. Like, I don't do this for a living. No offense to the commenter. I, I appreciate you. I And you said you love the show, too, so I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, go at you or anything. But, like, as if I don't do this for a living, as if I'm not sitting here. Delving into all those different scenarios and going down every single one of those rabbit holes. And if we didn't already see that Brees Hall finished running back four in the situation you're describing, he could fall into if Aaron Rodgers gets injured. If Aaron Rodgers gets re-injured, which I hope Robert Sala has a backup plan in place, but the still recovering, not fully explosive Brees Hall finished as running back four in the tragic situation you're painting and describing to me is what I wanted to say and what I kind of said to the kind sir who questioned Brees Hall's height in the chat. He said, I don't know if he's eight foot tall, Smitty. And I said, he is. Brees Hall is eight foot tall. He's eight foot tall and he also resides on a planet that is further away than the moon, which is not a planet, but it's further away than the moon, a planet that's further away than Mars. It's a place where we send only our amazing, absolute league-winning players, and there are two players sitting on Saturn as we speak. To Saturn. And those two players are the following. The Saturn Men. One small step for man, one giant leap for Saturn. This is the Saturn, the two Saturn men. They're here to stay. Spaceman. Now, Smitty, I have a question for you, Smitty. They're both very good players. Like, how is this bold at all? It's bold because at the end of the day, you need to make decisions at every single turn in your draft. And in round one, there are league winners. Your mom may have not prepared you for this conversation, Bill. So you might want to buckle up, okay? But you can lose a league in round one, Bob. And Bill, you can lose a league in round one. You can win a league in round one, Bill and Bob. And Excel Sheet Eric and Worried William and Petrified Peter. You can lose a league in round one. You can win a league in round one. You can lose a league in round two. You can win a league in round two. You can draft and botch your first rounder. JJ could go down and you could still win your league in round two. There's a lot of ways to win. But when someone says something to me like, hey, shouldn't the guys on the bull prediction list on Saturn be like deep swings? Like these are obvious calls. They don't always have to be. Sometimes some of the best advice you can get will be, hey, don't overthink it. Go all in on Brees Hall. 
who's eight feet tall, at pick 1.5 and have a ball. Sometimes it's, hey, Smitty, uh, who should I grab here, a wide receiver, or should I go Brees Hall? Should I grab Jamar Chase? Should I grab JJ? Those are all good options, and, and we'll have plans of attack for that. And there will be, if I'm in side-by-side scenarios, I've got Brees Hall in two leagues already. I've got Kyron Williams in two leagues already. And let's say I have um, CMC in a league, and, and I have I have Jameer Gibbs in two leagues. And now I've got a new league where I'm on the clock at, at pick two overall. Might I consider a Tyreek Hill or a JJ? If it's Dynasty, a JJ at 1.1 versus Brees Hall at 1.1. Absolutely, there are 100,000 ways to win. And I believe in diversifying your portfolio. Your fantasy football portfolio should not contain all of the same players on all the same teams so you can get kicked in the nuts one time and lose all of your leagues at once. No, um, I am a big advocate of diversification across your, your fantasy football portfolios. And you're going to hear me beat a dead horse on that topic all offseason long. More than ever before. Meaning nobody should own Brees Hall in four out of four leagues. I don't mind going all in on two of your favorite players in yearly redraft. But I'm here to tell you that my best ball strategy of putting all your eggs in one basket in certain scenarios will be applicable in best ball. In redraft where you play in maybe two, three, four, sometimes five leagues. Putting all your eggs in one basket is very different than in best ball. And I'll explain that during my best ball video uh, descriptions of that tactic, which I call brute force drafting. Bruce, br- uh, brute force drafting, all eggs in one basket, all hands on deck is a absolute phenomenal way to build a, a best ball team and take a best ball team deep into a tournament. It can, it can, it can be beneficial in 100,000 different ways. Hang tight on the best ball content. As for your yearly league stuff, your two, your three, your four leagues, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't do it, Smitty. Just stream, right? Says Birdman. I don't know what you mean. Uh, Brees Hall will make tackles fall. That's right. That's what, right, my guy. Um, so we're here. We're here to discuss this. Hit the thumb up button on your way in the door. Twenty-seven of you have already. And we're approaching the 60 to 80 eyeballs in the live stream. I know it's late. I know it's it's past midnight Eastern. But this, this video was important. And I know we touched on it at the end of the live stream uh, on the 8 p.m. show. But this, my friends, needed a self-compartmentalized, self-contained video on Brees Hall. And his vow to be a top running back. His vow to be a pro bowler. His vow to be an all-pro and have it continue Many years after, Brees Hall is eight foot tall. He'll always answer the mother freaking call. So don't let him fall. And the third, don't stall. And now the first. Just give Batman the mother freaking ball. Brees Hall is eight foot tall. He will always answer the mother freaking call. Don't let him fall. In the third, don't stall. Just give Batman the freaking football. He's brief. He's brief. He does a hole of a job. A hole of a job. A hole of a job. Brees 
asshole, please report to the moon. Get braced. And on that note, let's open up the phone lines and speak to you, fine folks, about how you just feel, how warm and fuzzy you feel inside right now, talking about Brees Hall as running back one overall. So dial into the phone line. Call into the show. Call call into the show. And drop it like it's hot. Brees is ready to rock and roll. Question is, That sound is you getting on your horse right now, answering yes to this question. The question is, are you ready to take Brees Hall to the ball and show off just how tall your fantasy football roster can make others fall? Uh, Dial in, Brees, please report to Saturn. That's correct. I, I, I approve that comment. Um, dial into the show if you guys want to talk Brees Hall. Traded Stevenson and Javante for Hall in a keeper league. That's a smash. That's an absolute straight-up smash. That's how you do it live. Uh, DeBolt, speaking of live, you are live. DeBolt, what can I, how can I help you? What's going on, Smitty? How much, uh, man? Just, just, just kicking it with you fine folks, trying to talk about a little Brees Hall. Yeah, that's, that's my guy. Uh, took him last year. In his rookie season, um, in the standard league, everybody was, uh, one of my pals was upset when I got him. He goes, man, how do you know about him? Like, like, kidding me? <laughs> like, are you kidding me, man? Let's just wait. And, and then we fit the start of Dynasty this year. And uh, I took Brees in the fourth, and I took Gibbs in the third. And uh, we won the chip. You know how funny, how funny it is, like, when you really look back on it, how negative people were like even a couple of people a couple of haters have come in the last handful of weeks and be like smitty i can't believe how you missed so many calls on the running back it's like <laughs> like if you drafted Brees hall and you drafted jameer gibbs and you probably got hall in three gibbs in four or depending on when you drafted hall is running back four like hall was running back four and he, he had a slow start he had some ups and downs gibbs absolutely like thrash people to pieces, you know, and may, maybe he, maybe he could have finished higher had he been used a little earlier on. No, no one's saying it was perfect out the gate in 2023 in terms of usage for both those guys, but good God, I like could, they couldn't have done any better in the circumstances. And they definitely showed their top five running backs. Like Hall and Gibbs played so well, in 2023, they're top five running backs right now in almost everyone's mind. It's so crazy the hate people have and the negativity they have, even for Kyron, just because they didn't see it coming. They didn't want to get on that Kyron train, so now they're just bashing on it. Like, that's not how you play fantasy football. That's not how you win fantasy football. You adjust and adapt. If you got it wrong, if you thought Brees Hall would struggle his first year back from ACL, you clearly didn't listen to this show because I explained exactly why that wasn't going to happen. It wasn't it wasn't guesswork. It's readiness. It's knowing how far along he is in his recovery process, how old he is, what's his situation look like. They're going to ease him in. They understand and don't want to overwork him. It wasn't like Barkley where Barkley came back from his ACL tear and barely could run when week one kicked off or J.K. Dobbins having all kinds of swelling. Wasn't ready at all for week one. It's just crazy. It's crazy to me 
that there are still Brees Hall doubters out there. And that's why putting him on the Saturn list is not actually all that um, crazy when you talk about it from a, like, we need more bold calls on the Saturn list. There's still so many people that want to be against Brees Hall. Like, you could see, even in here, there's like one, two comments every, like, 20, which isn't a lot in here, but this is a, a pro-Brees Hall community. So, just, just, and I'm not saying those people should feel like they can't speak their mind, especially when everyone's respectful about it. You can you can speak your mind at any time. It's the disrespectful haters that we don't want infecting the chat and everything. So, please understand that if you don't like Brees Hall, you can speak about it. You can even call in and civilly have a little debate with me if you want, but... One player out of, or one player, one commenter out of 20 or 30 or 40 even in our community saying that, well, I just worry about how Aaron Rodgers is going to be 40. Like, how is this going to happen? Like, what's going to, what's going to go down? Like, I understand where some of those people are coming from, but like, I wonder what the root of their concern really is coming, where it's coming from. That they don't own him, that they missed on him, that they just want to, they want to be right about doubting him last year. Some justification. This is like the HN haters. The HN haters really are driven by, I got to continue to double down. So honestly, when something's as obvious as Brees Hall and someone's not willing to admit it, it's doubling down. It's a double down Donnie at work is what it is. I mean, wouldn't everyone agree the Jets probably have one of the worst O-lines in the league? And and yet alone, he lost Aaron Rodgers, which Garrett Wilson took a big hit with no Rodgers. But Brees, we even having those, you consider, um, downfalls against him, he still produced at the top five rank, rank, ranking. That's pretty impressive. How is anybody worried about if things were to go awry at some point, how is anybody worried about that when he just finished his running back four? He just finished exactly. with a slow start, not even fully back to a hundred percent burst, and he will be this year. And he didn't have a quarterback all year. He had a horrible situation, and he's running back four. Like it's it's like why are you having this conversation of doubt with me? Not you, but the person saying it to me at any one moment. When everything you're saying, he just conquered. And he, and, exactly. and the things that they're saying he's going to maybe face, it's maybe. Like, that's if Aaron Rodgers gets injured again. That's if this goes awry. And that's not factoring in that, that he's that he's now 100, 100% healthy, not like 95 or 92. And I've torn my ACL before, and I was, uh, I was very, very clear about this in the offseason, that Brees Hall will be amazing his first year back because of this, this, this. I mapped it out all offseason. Very different than Barkley's. Very different than JK's. It's it's case by case. And and even, even I was here to tell you that he won't be 100%, but he'll be 90-something percent. And that is still going to be better than almost every running back in the league. It's going to be a whole different leveling up this year because he's going to feel he's going to feel like he can trust the the leg entirely. And you never fully get that burst back that first year. It it is he's just so good at, at adjusting to it and scampering left and right, and he's still cutting half the time on his other leg. So, you know, there's still gonna be a lot a lot of amazing plays, which we saw, but everybody better be prepared because if this offense is potent enough 
to drive the football down the field consistently, to have this ball on the other side of the 50 more often, to have a lot more red zone opportunities where he's in a position to score more touchdowns, people are going to be, I think, have a rude awakening that are expecting some sort of like downfall because they want him to to fail because they didn't have him, they didn't see it coming. And they're just, like the weird thing about doubling down the next year is who cares what you said the year prior? You know, like adjust and adapt. Like I wish more people would, would embrace adjust and adapt and not look at it as like a defeat. You know, if you were wrong about something, just reset it, clean slate. Don't just carry that baggage into the next year and start going, well, I was I was very vocal about how much I didn't like this player, so I better keep doing it. And it's like that that's not going to get you anywhere in fantasy football. Not to mention, even though people might say something about like, hey, you're doubling down or you're a you're a double down Donnie Smitty, or you're flip-flopping on something because you just told me not to draft Cooper Cup. I just did a don't draft Cooper Cup, don't draft, uh, uh, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey, don't draft Austin Eckler. That video is up if anybody missed it. And um, two months from now, if Cooper Cup's ADP falls to round six, I'm back here talking about drafting Cooper Cup. And 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 somebody that doesn't know my content or my channel is going to say, you're flip-flopping. It's like, you poor sap. You poor sap. <laughs> it's all about ADP. You know, everything. If you can get him on a still, you take it. Everything. Everything is about ADP. Everything. And once the season kicks off, it's everything's a, a, about the ADP equivalent, the, the what's equivalent to ADP. So the trade value, if you were drafting today, what's the trade market value? That's ADP too in a nutshell. It's just not something that's easily measurable. But there is that same concept in and even in a trade, everything's about ADP equivalent. Everything. That that's why, like when when Alex Cruz, I don't know if he's watching right now, but he, him and I might have. I think there was a time he said in, on the offseason where he's like, "I'd rather draft Gibbs over Bijan." And the and in at the end of the day, no nobody anybody that loved Gibbs as much as I did or like as much as we did would never argue that Gibbs couldn't live in a world where he was better producing than Bijan. It was more about when someone says they're going to draft Gibbs over Bijan, you don't need to because there's ADP. Gibbs was going around four and sometimes around five in early in the early offseason. He climbed into round three and really only in our circles did he like hardcore climb around two, but you could get him at like the top of three. And so it was about 80, it was an ADP conversation. Everything is about ADP. Because you can win your league with Gibbs in round three, you can lose a whole lot of, of value. Like some people would say, Smitty, forget it. I'm, I love your Gibbs content, and I'm taking him at 12. And I'm like, I don't do that. Like you can make a trade. That's It doesn't matter if I'm going to be right about Gibbs. You need to be smart and factor in a slow start and everything. And let me tell you this, bro. There are hundreds of people that DM me, hate mail, hate DMs, uh, hate comments that, you know, we deleted on the channel because they're just, you know, just completely out of line comments or whatever that are just absolutely garbage about how I ruined their league because they took Gibbs and that they're never going to watch my channel. They're going to unsubscribe and they left because Gibbs wasn't doing it right away. 
and they spent top 12, 15 overall talent because I told them Gibbs was a top five running back. Because I told them Hall was a top five running back and wasn't doing it right away. Smitty, I'm unsubscribing. You ruined my league. I'm never drafting Brees Hall again. Brees Hall came back. Gibbs came back. Like, you know, it sucked it didn't happen right away, but it's hilarious how, how people will jump ship on that and not understand everything is about ADP. Uh, well, CEH spell Pacheco this week. I don't know, Woods. I'm not. I'm not trying to abandon anybody during Week 18. That's not my intention by these negative comments I have about playing Week 18. But you just can't play Week 18. You can't because no one knows. Everybody's guessing. We have some sort of feel on like the Miami Dolphin players. You know, the Buffalo Bill players. They're they're fighting for something. You know, the Rams players. But even like there's reports out, and I don't know how accurate these are going to be at the end of the day, but like how Gibbs plays depends on how the other games go. You know, like you just don't know what the workload's going to be. And if anybody actually goes into 2024 and doesn't make this change or push their commissioner, why you like you're playing for nothing now. All the hard work you put in for weeks 1 through 17 is now on the line to just be thrown to luck. Put a blindfold on. You might as well pull, put a blindfold on and throw darts at a board to see who wins your fantasy championship. And I know it's not your fault at this moment in time, but you can't play week 18. You just can't. There's there's almost no good content for it. And everybody, there, there are a couple people who have said, Smitty, this is kind of crappy that you're not doing eight, week 18 videos. I'm not doing week 18 videos. I, I'm here. The phone lines are open. The comments are here. Super chats are here. Like, I will answer every single week 18 question that comes my way. We had some today about full rosters, and I said we got to wait on the news before I can attack your full roster. But if anybody asks me a question about week 18, I will answer it. I'm here for you. I have an open door policy here. And nobody's going to answer more Week 18 questions than me if you throw them at me. But the reason I don't have Week 18 videos up is I don't want to waste anyone's time. There, there aren't that many people playing for Week 18. I'm getting people ready for 2024. And while I'm doing that, I'll answer calls, answer questions about your Week 18 matchups individually. So please don't feel like you can't ask me. But, but I'm not creating Week 18 content because 95% of the the population of fantasy football is like, this is like, remember when conversation with well, the worst form of, of conversations. Remember when, uh, to some people. So, you know, remember, remember when this happened, remember when that, let's talk about what's going to happen. Like that's, that's what my content will be. But, but, and, and, and Wood says, you're right. Smitty stuck in a stupid league this year, but not next year. Smart move to move out of it. As far as your question, um, with Pacheco, um, let me let me let me look up some stuff on Isaiah Pacheco real quick and try and help you with this specific question. Like I said, I'd be I'd be glad to help any any of you with your Week 18 question, but sometimes there won't be an answer. Um, he didn't practice on Wednesday. the The latest report on him is that Mahomes is already confirmed he'll be sitting out, and the Chiefs starters with existing injuries are candidates to sit until the playoffs. My assessment as of right now would be why play him. If Mahomes yeah, is sitting, if Mahomes is sitting, why play a guy that's very injury prone? You know, because of his running style, it's not. It's not like we don't love that he's a hard runner, but it puts him in vulnerable positions. He's not probably fully healthy. No one's fully healthy right now, but he's coming off, you know, a big layover. So like, you almost got to say, 
even if he played how long, Clyde. And, and and even then, it's like how much does Clyde play? But but uh, I imagine Clyde will get a lot more runs. So I would say Clyde. But you might see other RBs in there. I don't even know that you could safely say that Clyde would get eighty percent of the work. In, in the in the case of the Niners, Mitchell is injured. So why would they play Mitchell? Um, I even asked my boy RSF 49ers Raj, and he his first answer was Mitchell, and I'm like, but Mitchell's like questionable. He's like, yeah, it might be it might be Mason. Like even he does he he's reporting on this all day long, and even he's like, yeah, he like everyone's wishy washy on it because no one knows, and who's to say Mason even gets all the work, you know? So like you you just can't play week 18. This is why I, I will help you the best we can, but that's why. All right, uh, Debal, anything else, bro? No, you're great. Maybe appreciate you. All right, man. Appreciate you. Later. I mean, what what a what a great topic though, Brees Hall. He, he's he, he's hungry. He says he wants it. He says you can count on it. He says it's coming. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be top one to five is the way I take this. I, I'm not taking this as a a good rank. I'm taking it like he's going after the one. He's going after the running back one. He's going to try and be the best runner in the league. He's going to try and be the best pass catcher in the league. He's going to try and be the best touchdown getter. Uh, he's going to be the best big play, 20 and 40 plus yard runner. And he's going to do it with Aaron Rodgers, who wants back this offense. And to DeBolt's uh, comment about the worst offensive line, I'm not saying he's wrong in terms of how it produced. But I don't know that all the problems that we saw this year are going to translate over to next year because um, uh, an offensive line is going to play badly when it's worn out. An offensive line is going to play badly when the quarterback is not a good decision maker, holds on to the football, can't find open wide receivers, and things get progressively worse and worse and worse. It's kind of like putting a heavier and heavier weight on their backs every week. And, and same thing with the defense. The defense is so much better than it played because it was worn down. And it was like putting a, a, a plate of weight on everyone's back every week on defense. They just slowly started getting worn down. So honestly, the, the biggest uh, way to solve a bad offensive line is a quick release and a quarterback that makes the defense back up. And you have less people rushing the quarterback. You have less eight-man fronts a lot. You have less people... Uh, on that line constantly trying to bombard the quarterback because you have a quarterback that can literally pick you apart if you're constantly sending the max amount of players to go go infiltrate uh, the offensive line. So I'm telling you right now, as much as people want to crap on the offensive line, I'm not worried because A, the offensive line just produced the number four running back in fantasy football. B, the offensive line is in shambles because it has no identity behind it. And that will that will cure a lot. A quick release, Aaron Rodgers will almost instantly cure the offensive line problems, and they will probably look to address and build upon it. Nate, you're live. Appreciate you, Nate from Kansas. Hey, buddy. What's up? Uh, I was going to say for next year's redraft, uh, I have a one keeper league, and I was going to ask who you would take between Brees Hall, Gibbs, and AJ Brown. You keep them forever, or like, what's the thing? Yes, forever. so forever, as long as you want, like no round yep. restrictions, no dollar amounts. It's just to keep whatever you want, Nothing. whoever. I I probably I probably go. Man, that that's tough because I 
I love Gibson. You're getting a little bit of like a reset of value. Like your the shelf life of Gibbs is probably a little longer than Hall because Hall's entering yet another season. So Gibbs is coming off his first season. I, I that one would be tough. It's not AJ Brown. You could draft AJ Brown back easier anyway. Um. Chat, who would you rather have in a, in a keeper league? No restrictions. Keep them forever. It's not like a two- or three-year window. You keep them forever. Are you going to kind of reset the, the clock a little bit? Take Jameer Gibbs? Or are you going to go Brees Hall? Uh, uh, look, uh, to answer this fairly, I would say that if I had two identical leagues, this truly tells you that it's a 50-50 thing for me. And that's not a cop-out. It just means they both have equal value. If I had two leagues side by side with the exact same question and scenario, I'd go one in one and one in the other. I'd go Hall in one and Gibbs in the other. If you force me to answer this question and I only have one scenario, um, I, I'd probably go Hall at the end of the day. But I mean, I, I love both of them, bro. It's it's so it's so tough. It's so tough. And you're talking about like one year really different. And, and at the end of the end of the day, it's like, I think, I think Hall is really, really going to explode. He, I mean, he's hungry. His, his offense is, is, is going to be humming. I think I do worry a little bit about Aaron Rodgers getting re-injured or something, but at the same time, bro. I mean, what are we, are we worried about Goff at all? Is this how is this going to look next year? Are are they going to continue on with Goff, or are they going to eventually try and roll with Hen and Hooker? And I don't think they're going to want to roll off Goff yet. Um, and he's still a good quarterback, but you know, you just wonder what it's going to look like. You know that that situation is not all that different. It's like the inverse of the one with Aaron Rodgers. You know, one one as a quarterback that's younger. But I I don't know that anybody there's there's points during the year where we're like okay Goff plays good you know he's good for this team and then there's other points in the year where we're like oh, God is Goff Goff just took St Brown's game out you know for that game like we can't we didn't get anything out of St Brown because Goff couldn't do anything and then the, it, some of it's coaching you know it's play calling game script and then all of a sudden it's like Goff's back the offense is back and they're they're humming but I I think. I think what what gives me solace, bro, is that we saw Brees Hall in his worst, bro. You know, this is like the the lights go on at the club. We saw what he really looked like, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and we're we're pretty pleased. We're pretty pleased. When the lights come on, you see what you're made of. Uh, he, he, he look Hall. He did a hall of a job, man. Running back four in the worst conditions. Worst conditions being not even back fully from his knee. Horrible quarterback play. Horrible play calling. Horrible offensive coordinator without Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers is the offensive coordinator once he's there with Hackett. Hackett's just his side piece. Yeah. You know, hey, Aaron Rodgers says Hackett, go get me a coffee, and that's the extent of that relationship. Anything else, bro? Uh, I would say if you had everyone to pick from, is there any wide receiver you could take over him? Do you think or no? Yeah, I mean J- JJ in in Dynasty Keeper. Um, I think uh, I think Hill. If you were in like build now, you know now mode. Um, 
Okay. There's nothing wrong with CMC or Hill in Dynasty. Like I, I know the the it's easy for a a Dynasty head that like is literally doesn't even play redraft. Like those are the kind of if somebody says I don't even play redraft, I just play Dynasty. That's somebody that like I don't even want to say they're better than you at Dynasty or anything like that. I don't want anybody to think that those that means you're an expert because you've you've cast off redraft. You're so good, you just focus and you're in your little cave eating Twinkies and mm. and bacon. You know, and all you do is watch Dynasty content, and you're just so dialed in. You're amazing. No one can touch you. That's not what I'm saying. But if you talk to a Dynasty head that's, like, just embedded in only Dynasty, and you talk to them about drafting Tyreek Hill or CMC in the first round, they laugh at you. They Those guys would give up those guys for, like, a first rounder, even if they don't know where the first... Like, they're so embedded in Dynasty that they don't even see now. And I've, I've, I give this story, tell this story a lot. That I, I have a buddy I've played in I, at least three or four dynasty slash like auction dollar keeper leagues, and he always drafts for the now every time, and every single one of those leagues fell apart within two to four years, and he won. You know, him and I would rotate winning. He was really good. It was it's always me and him battling. Is like my rival in in fantasy growing up, and a lot of these stories were you know more than ten years ago. But but he would he would. Uh, because I don't have time to play in a lot of these these auction leagues and keeper leagues with with buddies anymore. Because the dollar val- the dollar value leagues are so amazing, the auction dollar leagues. But those are so intense. But this guy would my buddy would literally, I would draft like a good mix, you know, and build that awesome you know dynasty arsenal. And he would draft just nothing but if he was drafting today in this concept, he would draft CMC, Tyreek Hill. Uh, he'd draft all those guys. And he, you know, he, him and I would race to the finish. We'd rotate winning. He'd win a couple times. I win a couple times. And then the league would fold. And I'd have this ready made team for the future. And his would be getting old and ready to fall apart. Wouldn't matter. League's over. So, like, I, 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 yeah. I, I think um, you wouldn't be crazy to like Hill or CMC in your top five in Dynasty. You really wouldn't. It's just a matter of how well you build around them. Will you have Kyron Williams players and, and, you know, build in such a way that you're going to be fine. You know, you'll navigate at the end of the day. Your team's going to look freaking amazing three, four years from now because of the way you build, the way you, you know, scavenge for for RBs. But I, I think to answer your question, in some total, I would say JJ, um, maybe Jamar Chase, but at the end of the day, It feels like probably just JJ. Yeah. And then, and then I really do like Gibbs, and I really do like um, Brees Hall. I really do like, I mean, even Marvin Harrison Jr. is in the top five or six, top seven overall conversation. A little bit of a risk because you don't know where he's going, but. Yeah. Yeah. All right, bro. Nate, anything else? Um, I don't think so. No, thank you. All right, Nate. Appreciate you. Later, bro. All right, everybody. Um, thought I'd get on here, do this, uh, little, little show here. Oh, Megas, I'm so sorry. I missed the super chat. Megas, you still here? Brees wins leagues like in 2023 and draft him in the, in the top three. The offensive line worries me as it's just junk. Um, you probably said that before I went on my offensive line rant, but Megas, if you didn't see what I said, um, Make sure you uh, make sure you re- rewatch what I said about the offensive line because I I almost almost guarantee you it's about to 
double in performance the moment Aaron Rodgers steps back on the field. And that's just the way offensive line um, efficiency is. It's not always about the blocking. It's not always about the things you think it is. It's about the quarterback. And, and perfect proof is when the Arizona Cardinals brought in Kurt Warner, the offensive line was a huge concern. But guess what it was once he was under center? Not a concern at all. Because the defense stepped back. They rushed less guys. They spread out. And they had to worry about where this quick release football was going to. Because Kurt Warner would snap it and pick you apart like you were just a Pop Warner team. And guess what happened? The offensive line. Like that. No more problems. No more concerns. Not at all. Um, that that's the way it's going to be for Aaron Rodgers to some degree. Now they need to work on some things, but it will be literally Rodgers under center, quick release, spread out defense. Defense will support the offense. The Jets defense will support the offense. Field position just all starts cascading and and coming together. And they'll they'll address some things in the offseason with the offensive line. Potentially, it might just be personnel decisions. It might be actually bringing in a player, drafting a second rounder, drafting a third rounder, having some some maybe some depth to, to play with if something doesn't go right. But 100% not worried about the offensive line. So it's a good question, good concern to have. Uh, Megas, you still here? Appreciate you dropping that super chat. Megas to the moon. Hopefully that answers your question and puts your mind a little bit at ease, Megas. But not worried at all about that offensive line. Hopefully Megas did not leave. Um, I appreciate every every single one of you being here. And uh, uh, Shoddy uh, to the moon. Glad to see you, Shoddy. Hope all is well. What's appropriate package to acquire? What is an appropriate package to acquire the likes of Gibbs Hall and Bijan? They are all... Uh, rebuilders in my league and need youth at running back. What is the appropriate package to acquire? I, I get, I mean, tough to say. Like, would I give up multiple first rounders? Probably. Depends where they are. Would I give up? I mean, I'd almost have to see what you have to really cook something up. But an example of a trade I would try and send is I would try and get rid of guys like you know, Rashad White, who I, I like a lot. I'm not saying to, to get rid of him, but you worry about what they're going to do in Tampa, how Tampa is going to look a year or two from now. So if you're talking about like in a dynasty league, you got to worry about the longevity of Rashad White, especially when he averaged 3.6 yards per carry and the team's talking about how they need to run the ball better next year, how they, they may bring somebody in, you know, and have a, a two back type of attack. And that's going to kick Rashad White's value right in the, the nuts. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a hit. Um, I try and package that kind of player with some draft capital, or maybe you've got a surplus of quarterbacks and somebody got decimated at quarterback. Maybe you have, um, you know, a couple different tight end options that you could throw somebody's direction. Maybe you have some, some well playing, um, Keenan Allen that you want to get rid of, you know, before he drops off. And now you can package Keenan Allen and a running back for hall. Uh, people love draft picks. Gibbs is going to be hard to acquire right now, but probably a little easier to acquire than Brees Hall. Given that Gibbs crapped the bed in Week 17, his owners might be just a little bit more likely, not a lot, but a little bit more likely to send him packing. I think Bijan Robinson is probably your easiest target right now because if there was like a clear sign that 
Arthur Smith was gone or going or then, you know, you'd have him, I think, cost a lot more and you might want to make this move before that happens. The moment Arthur Smith is fired, and I do believe it will happen, I don't know for sure, but if it does, Bijan's value will double. And that's not saying a lot right now because he's not worth even a first-round player. You know, he's not, if you're in a dynasty startup, he'd, you'd struggle to see him go in like the first two rounds, right? But the moment Arthur Smith gets fired, he jumps to like 12 overall, probably like worst case scenario. So, and, and then he'll climb from there. You know, I, I venture to say some people will have Bijan there as a running back one overall as the offseason moves along, and if Arthur Smith is removed, they're going to want to be that person that calls the bounce back, calls the return, is on the train of rebound, you know, conducting that train. There's going to be a lot of excited Eric's that want to be on top of that situation and try and be the front runners of it. Everybody likes to be first everything. So you're going to see a lot of people ride different waves, some waves that we don't want to get on, some waves we do actually like and think would be a good ride. Um, appreciate you for the question. And uh, it really just depends on what you have. Um, thank you all for dropping in. Appreciate everybody dropping uh, questions, super chats, phone calls, comments. And I'm just glad to be here. Um, Arthur Smith fired and Justin Fields or Russell Wilson gets picked up. Yeah, I mean, Wilson will get cut most likely and then the Falcons could look at him that way. Yeah, Nick Chubb's... No, I know a lot of people think Nick Chubb's going to come back on a terror, but that guy's got so much of an uphill battle. It's not even funny. He's way older than he was when he tore his knee in college. Same knee injury, just different so different angle of that severe... Um, it's, it's the most brutal... It's the most brutal knee injury that very few players have ever endured, and he's endured the two of them. He's been the guy that's had both of them. And... Um, his age, this is going to be a lot different. He's going to have that Todd Gurley drop-off in the middle of a season. This is going to be, boom, arthritis is going to hit him. It's just the nature of that injury. But I know a lot of people want to be on top of that wave as well and ride that into the into the bay. But I'm not going to be on that surfboard on that wave. I'll be on the, the boat behind the wave where the swell began. And I'll be, I'll be trying to create the, the swell by moving the boat up and down so I can get somebody to jump on that wave and try and get uh, Chubb as high as possible to bump one of the other guys I love down even further. Uh, man, fantasy football about how old you are, guys, says Charles. It's true. There's a lot to it. I mean, there's some stuff that you got to overlook and take a little bit of a risk on, right? Like Christian McCaffrey going into his 28-year-old season. There's a dice roll there. You either say the dice roll is riskier betting against him than betting on him. But it's a dice roll. If anybody thinks that Christian McCaffrey's guaranteed anything at the age of 28 in 2024, this upcoming fantasy season, he's not. He's not. He's 28 years old. But again, the the, the risk is greater to doubt him, I believe, than to bank on him for now. We will address that as, as the, the vibes change, but we certainly need to see him exit the 2023-24 NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl, etc. if they make it there. We need to see Brees Hall. Brees Hall. We need to see um, Christian McCaffrey exit on a, on a high note without that calf injury, you know, 
kickstarting some kind of fear for the offseason because that's going to be that's going to be a no bueno. And Young with a two dollar hauler favorite rookie QBs uh, go. Young, you're going to see that video drop. I know you've asked me this, I think, a couple times, and it's going to come out in the content. But we, lo- I mean, I love all. There's five big names from from May all the way up to what a lot of people consider to be the top quarterback in Caleb. But you've got JD five. You've got um, you've got Bo Nix. You've got Penix. Uh, Penix and Nix, I think, are going to be probably two of the the best of the bunch. And just wait, Young. You're going to love the QB content. It's coming for you. There literally are two to three, maybe four, quarterbacks that have Stroud ability to be as good in their rookie season as Stroud. I don't know that all two or three will. I'm saying there are two, two or three potential values that if in the right spot could be as good as Stroud was his rookie year and as good as Stroud could be for the future. Stroud's a top six potential quarterback for the future, fantasy and NFL. Usually they go hand-in-hand these days. There's not a quarterback that's great at fantasy and sucks in the NFL. It's usually neck-and-neck, hand-in-hand. And Stroud is literally top six to seven for the future, fantasy and NFL QB. And there are two to three quarterbacks in this draft class that could be that good. However... However, I don't know that we're going to get two to three because the landing spot could kick that situation in the sack. So, will we have one to two that probably are Stroud level? I believe. Will it be Penix? Will it be Bo Nix? Will it be uh, May? Will it be uh, JD5? Um, Will it be... kind of feel like we're going to see JD5 become something special. Just AR5, JD5. It just feels like a thing. Feels like a race. Who's better? JD5, AR5. I mean, am I not am I wrong? Does that not sound like something we're gonna see campaigned everywhere on videos everywhere, commentators everywhere? AR5, JD5. Back to back on posters, on big billboards, on on commercials when they face each other or whatever. Smitty got higher standards than owning a cowboy's helmet, says sick nasty. Um this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is a Jamar Chase autograph helmet. And uh, his autograph, I must say, is one of the worst. It's just its so small. And it's just garbage. You can barely see it. But I love Jamar Chase. I love the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. Honestly, I'd rather have a Brees Hall autograph helmet. I, I may swap it out at some point. Uh, appreciate everybody. But do you think a QB upgrade will fix things in Atlanta? I think it very well could, but it needs to be a QB upgrade mixed with personnel upgrade. It can't just be one. Like Arthur Smith can't be handed JD5 or um, Russell Wilson. And honestly, Russell Wilson is not the fix, man. We don't want that. We want we want Bo Nix. We want um, uh, uh, Michael Penix Jr. We want Caleb Williams maybe. We want someone of that caliber, honestly, going into that situation with with. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. You know what? I think we're all blind. It's not our fault, but I think we're all blind at how talented Atlanta's offensive roster is. I think we forget how elite, not just talented, not just top 15, top 10 good. They literally could be, if they had the right signal caller and right coaching staff, a top, one of the top five offenses in the National Football League. 
I think we're really blind to that because we're so used to being punished and there is no good quarterback there. It's just a waste. It's a wasteland. It's similar. Uh, it's a little similar to um, how bad uh, the... Oh, you have another Super Chat Young. Favorite rookie, QB, Smitty. And then uh, is Brock Bowers... Um, next year's Laporta. Hang tight on that one too, bro. Uh, again, the rookie content, I'm not trying to not answer your Super Chats. I really appreciate them, by the way. And they kickstart some good initial content. Um, but I, I'm saving a lot of the rookie stuff because I want it to pop when it hits. And um, Just wait, bro. Just wait for the rookie content. It's coming. It's absolutely phenomenal. You're going to be absolutely amazed. Uh, and we're going to hit it different than ever. I think you're going to have... Um, uh, you're going to have the quarterback and wide receiver content pop a little differently than you're used to. And the, the running back content is going to be a little bit watered down slightly. Uh, just a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I li- look, I like Bowers a lot. Um, what do you have? Six TDs, seven, 14, 56 receptions. I mean, he's a good, decent, strong um, tight end prospect for sure. It definitely has the Laporta feel. I feel like, you know, if we were to rank any of these these rookie tight ends on this live stream, um, I'm going to pull up uh, my list right here. It's so it's so tough to even see who... I don't even know who I'll put as my, my second. I mean... Maybe Sanders. Uh, Sanders. I, I I haven't done the full breakdown on the on the rankings part of the tight end group yet. I don't think this tight end group is gonna. They're they're getting bigger every year. They're six foot four to six foot six. These tight ends coming out. It's absolutely amazing. They're strong. They're athletic. They're they're like basketball players uh, coming out and just just you know looking like different monsters. Two forty to two fifty five. You know, weight wise, they're just absolute monsters. But I'd say Bowers is probably the best. Sanders is oftentimes considered the two. I like him a lot. Um, AJ Barner, there's there's a, there's a bunch of them. But where where it's going to get really fun, really interesting, and really I think impacting because I think it'll be like one tight end, two tight ends deep in the tight end pool. I don't think it's going to be anything to where like last year we had you know McBride, we had Laporte, we had Kincaid, Laporte. Like it was a plethora of them. Musgrave, there's a ton of them. I think we got two probably from this class. The quarterbacks is where it's going to get crazy, man, because Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix are are ranked probably fourth and fifth across most most people's rookie QB rankings, and I just think that that might be wrong, and you might be seeing that content really soon. So, Young, I appreciate your super chat, and, and get ready for the rookie content. I just don't want to spoil it for anybody yet. I'm, le- I'm dropping you a little teasers and clues, but Young, you're going to absolutely have a blast with this content. Um, rookie content inbound. I'm working on a lot of getting a lot of it up. Uh, hopefully tomorrow. Sam Laporta, tight end one, absolutely. Give JT five to eight for running backs. Charles, I, I, I'm okay with that, but it might not be where I rank him. Morgan Hart with a twenty dollar hauler. Morgan dropping the wad. Alert. Super chat alert. Morgan, appreciate you. Keep missing new streams. Any updates on Garrett Wilson draft? I got first, uh, $21.79. Um, also, I got third overall in Eliminator. Uh, couldn't be happier. Congrats on that, Morgan. 
Morgan, we did have the Garrett Wilson uh, draft. Um, and here, here was the results on that. It boosted, won it. I don't know if you're on this list, Morgan, but this is the these are the results. Boosted got the first and second spot. So, uh, congrats on on uh, you know doing well on underdog, and appreciate you, bro. Ibrahim won the the superflex one, which was uh, awesome to hear. George from the Bay was right behind him. Rock out at two right behind him, so Rock out did fantastic. Good job, guys. I don't know where Ibrahim. E- check your underdog account. Your uh, your your prize was inserted, deposited straight into your underdog account, pal. Thank you, Morgan. Appreciate your twenty dollars hauler, and get ready for the the twenty twenty four version of the Garrett Wilson draft. We'll be we'll be running it back. We'll be running it back. Just get ready for it. Appreciate everybody coming in tonight. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the phone calls. Thank you for the questions. Uh, Brees Hall is eight foot tall. He is proclaiming to be a top running back. The way I look at it, the way I see it, running back one, two, or three is what's in his mind. He will be in the Pro Bowl. He will be an All Pro, and it will continue for years after that. Reese Hall making a statement, making a claim, making a vow on Twitter. And that's one reason why, and this is not new, he was on our Saturn men list days ago on January 1, but this is why you see him here. The Saturn men. One small step for man, one giant leap for Saturn. On that note, I'll see you all tomorrow. Appreciate every single one of you. Live Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, live whenever news breaks. And uh, live during emergency news shows like this one, whenever news is needed to be broken down. And that could just be a tweet. It could be, you know, Brees Hall saying what he said. It could be a piece of news that we don't agree with, that we think is a rumor, and we want to shoot it down. So just know we'll be here through thick and thin, no matter what. Appreciate you all. freaking call don't let him fall in the third don't stall just give batman the freaking football he's brief he's brief he does a whole of a job a whole of a job a whole of a job Reese hall please report to the moon he does a jale Hit that like button on the way out the door. Appreciate you, Sick Nasty, for moderating and being such a monster. Thank you, Travis, for being a great moderator and being in here all the time. Thank you, uh, uh, Blackbeard, if you're watching. Vampy, if you're watching. Uh, Terry Roberts, if you're watching. What other mod am I missing? Darn it. Travis, remind me who else. I think I named, I think I named them all. 
Sick Nasty, Vampy, Blackbeard, Terry Roberts, Travis Rowe. Um, later. Don't forget the new emojis, everybody. We got new emojis like crazy. Got Sam Laporta. We got the Saturn emoji. Um, of course, the HN emoji is semi-new. We got the Bob emoji, which is semi-new. Then we got CD Lamb back, um, just because we had to replace him briefly. Uh, Tyree Kill's in there. He deserves it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey deserves it. Uh, Tank Dell's in the mix. We got Marvin Harrison Jr. We got Puka Nakua uh, doing it live. Those are the emojis. Drop them. See you all tomorrow.